0: so if you'd have asked me 15 20 years ago what my life would have looked like um this is not what i would have thought or pictured or told anyone it has been a completely different journey than i would have imagined upon graduating from dental school i have this like mental plan i'll find a guy by the time i turn 30. i want to get married i want to have a few children and Upon turning 30, um, I felt a certain pressure and it was this pressure or stigma um, that society kind of paints for all of us, right? You know, you're not doing well if you didn't graduate from college at a certain time and Um, you're missing something if you're not married and you don't have children. Besides all my friends getting married and then having children, that I'm like, I need to get on the same page as everyone else, or else everyone's going to leave me. I'm going to be the one left behind. But it wasn't until when I turned 35 and I said, all right, well, Lord, if you're not giving me the husband, then at least I can work on having the child on my own, right? Started the process. Of going to a fertility doctor. So we did different tests. I, you know, had to be on medication um, to figure all those things out. And I had a few visits, and then she sat me down in her office and explained to me that whatever a normal person would have to do, I would have to double that. I felt really defeated, actually. I felt very defeated. And it definitely left me questioning myself and my actions and my faith. That was when God said to me, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. All right, God, if you say this is not for me, then I have to relinquish this idol. I made it an idol. So I really had to work on rewiring my mindset to remember that God has a plan for me and I don't need to interfere in His plans because what ends up happening, we get upset that something is not going our way, and we intervene and we never make it any better. And the heartbreak that can happen when we put the pressures of society on ourselves and we measure ourselves to what everybody has What God has for my girlfriend next door is not what God has for me. Um, The gifts that my brother has, I don't have the same gifts. And so I had to relinquish that. There's so much freedom in letting that go. So I worked on retraining my brain to remember that like his plan is the best. And now I don't feel that pressure, that societal pressure of, Having a child by a certain age and any of those things, like, I don't feel that. There's a freedom that came with that. And actually, more freedom came through taking freedom. We're not going to be able to let go of the chains or the idols or any of those things or those strongholds unless we're able to be in a community to be completely open and vulnerable. One of our girls in our, our group said, freedom is in the present. It's not in the stresses of the past, and it's not in worrying about tomorrow. Um, It's that constant renewing of my mind that happens all the time. And this journey, this faith journey that God has put me through, has just really helped me to not stress about what my future holds, but trusting him with my future.
1: All right. I, I uh, I can hear a lot of your thoughts. Like I can, I can. They're screaming right now. You're like, that's really cool for her story, but if I'm 35 and not married, uh, that's that's not what I'm doing. I know, I know, I, I can hear you, I, I, and I know that's what happens because we do. We all have these ideas of what our life will be like, and I, I just want to take an aside real quick and remind you if you haven't been here during a relationship series, but I, I want to remind you because so many times in the church, if you've grown up in the church, if you've grown up in certain families, there's this idea that you have to get married by a certain time, and even in the church, people have heard things like, man, if you really want to be holy, if you really want to be like God, you've got to get married because marriage is what does it. I just want to tell you that's not biblical. Um, That's the opposite of biblical. In fact, uh, just so you understand, there is not a person in the world that can complete you. There's not. The only person that can complete you is God. And so this idea that you need to find somebody in order to be complete is absolutely wrong. Uh, I'll just say that right there. And on top of it, here's what's interesting. Jesus was single. Nobody was going, hey, Jesus, you're cool and all. Love the miracles, but you're not married. So you're not coming in the church. Like, no one said that. He was single. He got stuff done. Paul actually said, stay as single as long as you can because you can get all these things done. Look, I'm not saying don't get married. I'm not saying stay single. I'm saying no matter where you are, God can use you. So so don't think that your relationship status determines how close you can be to God. So today, though, what we're going to be talking about is what Sanji was talking about, and it's the idea of control. And it's a fun topic to talk about because everyone likes to act like they really aren't liking to be in control, but really love control. Like how many of you, just be honest, just be honest right now. How many of you in here at least like to control certain parts of your life? Raise your hand. Right. Okay. Now, if you just raise the person's hand next to you, we have a special session afterwards that uh, you can be a part of. But we do. We love to control. And sometimes we go, oh, I'm not controlling because there's only certain areas of our life where we control. Like some of you are very controlling at home, but at work you're laid back. Some of you, it's the other way around. You're very controlling at work, but at home, you're perfectly fine. And there's certain pockets and certain things that we like to control. Some of us like to control our friends. Some of us like to control our, the way that we, we do our life. Some of us like to control our job. Some of us our parents or even the things that are in our lives. And many of us come from an identity where for that identity to stand up, we must control everything around it. And what's interesting to me, as you go through life, you get to decide the things that you want to have control over. But as you go through life, you learn you have less and less control. What's weird for me in being married is the things in our marriage that Chrissy lets me have control of. Like when really big decisions happen, like really big ones, I'm like, hey, babe, what do you think? She's like, I fully trust you. I'm like, I don't trust me. <laughs> what? And she's like, no, you have it. I believe it. You'll talk to God, all that kind of stuff. I fully trust you. And I'm like, I, I feel like she's setting me up for something. I'm like, man, I better talk to God because she's not helping at all. But then on other sides, there's a lot of control. I still remember the first time my wife uh, went out of town and I had to keep our son when he was a baby. There was lists upon lists. Like, do this, do this, this is the way you do this, this is the way you do that. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, there are documented instances of wolves raising children. And I feel right now that I'm below the wolf in the way she's talking to me. Like, it's not that hard. You feed them when they cry. You change their diaper. Like, really, they kind of just sit in one place and stare all the time. They're not that much fun. But she was like, no, 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 you have to do these things this way. And I understand, she's a first-time mom. But it was one of those points where I'm like, man, okay, that's where the control comes in. Because all of us try to, we we try to control one of two things. We either try to control people in our lives or circumstances. Either we like to control the people around us through manipulation, or we like to control the circumstances in the same way. I mean, some of you have heard this before. God's got got a, a wonderful plan for your life. And some of you think you're God. In fact, some of you in here have told your boyfriend or girlfriend, I have a wonderful plan for your life. And if they've said that, run away. Get away. It's, it seems good right now, and they're all cute, but sooner or later it's going to turn ugly. But we do, and what do we do when we try to manipulate people? It starts off okay at first, but if you've been manipulated or you've gone through control, that's exactly what happens. We manipulate, we bribe, we reward, we do things. Then many times, there's the fun part of it, turning passive-aggressive. Run into that before. Where somebody's controlling you, you're going against it, and they're like, well, you know, you just make me feel bad every time you do this. And there's the guilt and the shame that goes into it. I mean, some of you grew up with parents that just love to control you, so that's your natural response to others. I mean, some of it's with circumstances, from everything that we do, to everything that we wear, to everything that we post. And here's what happens most of the time, is I heard this from a guy named Henry Blackaby. He talked about how the areas that we tend to control is the areas where we get our ego becomes big. And ego is what he says, he says edging God out. And here's what it means. It's every time we decide that we need to control something, we move God a little bit further out. And every time we decide, hey God, you're, you're doing a great job with part of this, but I'm going to take part of this, we start to move God out. Now, I, I want to say a verse that many of us have heard before, but I don't think it fully sets in. It's in Proverbs 3. It's in 5 through 8. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. See, I don't think we actually read this. Like, think I think we read that and we're like, that's nice. No, no. It's literally saying, don't trust yourself. Don't think your understanding is right. It says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It doesn't say seek his will in some things when you feel like it, or seek his will when you didn't study for a test, and you're like god please it's in everything you do and it says don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones it says don't be impressed with your wisdom some of you spend a lot of time telling god how great you are and here's what i mean by that if you've ever prayed a prayer where you've told every, god everything you did and then afterwards you said and could you please bless that that's what you're doing God, I'm doing this. God, this is happening in my life. God, I'm going after this. God, I'm doing this. It's all the things that you decided to do. But at the end, we go, God, could you just bless that? God's like, I didn't tell you to do that. That wasn't a part of what we did. And so we continue to seek control in those things. And I'll explain it this way, what control does to our lives. This is a, this is, I mean, it's a crazy instance of control, but I think it explains it perfectly. When I was in high school, my One of my friends had just gotten a shock collar for his dog. It goes around the neck of the dog. Um, But, but one of my friends fell asleep, which is always just a bad idea. Never fall asleep around your friends. Like the worst people to fall asleep around. And while he was asleep, my other friend put the shock collar around his neck. And so he got a good distance away and then zapped him. And he woke up. And you can imagine, that's not a fun feeling. Uh, he, he's not happy. He, he's kind of ticked off. And immediately he goes to take it off his neck because that's what you want to do. And he goes, no, 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 don't do it. I'll zap you. It's like, what? And so, so he goes to move his hand towards him, zaps him. You can imagine, guys, you're just getting ticked off. And he's thinking about this. And so he goes to get up and he goes, no, 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 don't get up. I'll zap you. He goes, goes to get up, he zaps him. And so you can see in his mind, he's thinking, I have two choices. I can get this collar off or I can beat the crap out of my friend. Like those are my two choices. And you can see in his mind the moment he decides I'm going to go after the friend. And I'm just sitting there just smiling because I have nothing to do with it. And I'm watching. He stands up to go after him. What does he do? Zaps him. He's like, And then he takes another more steps and what does he do? He turns up the power and he zaps him some more. And every time he gets closer, here's what happens. The one guy gets angrier and angrier. And the guy zapping, you can see his face change, right? He's getting fearful. He's getting scared because he has this angry person literally running at him. And at one point, he literally just dives on them and starts literally to tear him apart. Why? Because he lost control. Because this is what happens every time when we try to control someone. We, we throw control in there, but over time, things start to get tough. So we manipulate, we bribe, we reward, we do things to keep our, ourselves in control, but it gets worse and it gets worse till the time where it just blows up. I think we've all been in those situations where someone has been trying to control us or you've seen that where it just blows up because, because the more we try to control something, we know this, the more we fear losing control, Right? The more we try to control something, the more we fear losing control. The more we fear losing control, the more we try to keep control. What causes this? It's a cycle of fear. It's a cycle of fear. I'm afraid of what will happen if I lose control. Will they still like me? Will they still be around me? Will they still love me? Will I still be able to do the things that I wanna do? Here's the problem, control is an illusion. It is, all control is just an illusion. And the problem is many times we do. We have messages like this and we go, you know what, God, I'm going to give you back control. And we say, I'm going to give you back control. And we're like, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you everything in my life. But then when it comes down to the details of life, we're like, God, I'll just take this part. I'll just take these part. And the problem is many times we tend to God to take control. But when we take over the details, it doesn't work out. There's a story in the Bible where this is incredibly apparent. Uh, there's a guy named Abraham, and he's, he's married to his wife, Sarah. And God told him, hey, you're going to be the father of many nations. Uh, I want you to travel across this land. You're going to go to the promised land, and then I'm going to basically build your family. And so even early on, we could tell that Abraham was a weak man. They, they go through one territory, and there's a king there. And he goes up, and he's like, hey, apparently Sarah was beautiful. He goes, hey, is that your wife? And Abraham was afraid if he said it was his wife, he would have him killed. So he goes, no, that's my sister. Which is a weird response. Very West Virginian. <laughs> he goes, no, that's my sister. So the king marries her. Well, all of a sudden, everything starts going bad. The kingdom, the guy comes back to Abraham. He's like, what's going on? Abraham, Abraham's like, well, actually, it's my wife. And he lets them go. So they go. They keep going. Well, here's the deal. In order to have, you know, be the father of many nations, what do you got to have? Kids, right? They have no sons at this point. Abraham's about 100 years old. Sarah's about 90. Just the thought of them having babies is disgusting. But they're going, it's not happening. And so what did they do? They said, well, God apparently wants us to take control of the details. So Sarah goes, hey, here's the deal. Here's what, what's going to happen. You, you can have a kid with my maidservant. And Abraham was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah. He's like, are you really sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, okay. I'm good with that. Although the maidservant's name was Hagar, which... Makes me wonder if Sarah just set him up. Not that maidservant, that one. Oh, man. All right, but <laughs> that was wrong. Sorry. Um, so he has sex with Hagar. They have a son. His name is Ishmael. Well, guess what happens? God comes through. He ends up having a kid with Sarah named Isaac. Back in that time, you know, who you left your money to, the inheritance, all of that was huge. So there was serious conflict till the point where they said, all right, Ishmael and Hagar, you got to leave. And they had to leave. And because it was done that way, it said that God blessed them because of the way they were treated. Now here's what's interesting. Out of Ishmael came the Palestinian nation. Out of Isaac came the Jewish nation. Out of those two came all the conflict in the Middle East. Abraham and Sarah caused all the conflict in the Middle East. So the next time you go to the airport and you have to take off your shoes, it's not freaking TSA, it's like freaking Abraham. Abraham. just say that see the conversations that happen. they're like where's abraham but it's true why because they decided i'm going to take the details of it god said we're going to give him a big nation he didn't say how i'm going to do it my way and so they decided to take the details in control and once they decided to take those details was the moment that they lost control of what was going on see and that's where we tend to move away from god is in those details See, we tend to take control back when God doesn't do what we want him to do in the time that we want him to do it, right? We're good with God, but we're going, hey, God, um, I figured I'd be done with this by now. Or, hey, hey God, um, I'm, I want to follow you, but uh, there's no ring, right? And, and I see this all the time. I see girls that want to absolutely date a Christian guy but can't find one fast enough, and so they just date a guy, and then they try to manipulate him into loving God. And then you have guys that just tend to take the easy way out, and I'm not saying easy girl, but they tend to take the girl that falls in their laps instead of the one that's running after something. And so we tend to go for people that we can control, people that we can manipulate. And what happens in those situations, it goes the wrong way. See, the moment that we decide we're gonna take over the details is the moment we start to push God to the side. We start to say no no God you're great um you know the whole Jesus dying on the cross for my sins that was that was awesome um that was that was great heaven big fan um but my job situation I'm just going to take that you've got a lot on your plate I'm going to take this and we start to edge them out in all the details And so here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about just a couple questions real quick of things to decide. is, Is this something I need to control or not to? And here's what I want you to be honest with. Who or what are you trying to control? I mean, just think about it right now. You probably have some in your mind right now. All of us do. There's something or someone in our life right now that we're trying to do that with. And so what I want you to do is ask these questions there. Here's the first one. Is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? I think many times we try to control things that just don't matter. They just don't matter. In the Bible, we had a situation where Jesus came to the house of Mary and Martha. Jesus shows up at the house, and it's Mary is sitting down, listening to what Jesus had to say, because, you know, he's the son of God, and he's like half of what he says in the Bible. So she's like, I'm gonna listen to him. Martha's like, Jesus is at our house. I need to clean. I need to make everything right. I need to fix food, all that. And so you can imagine, Martha's getting ticked off that Mary is sitting over there listening to Jesus and she's doing everything. Some of you right now are reliving your apartment situation. <laughs> and she's mad and she goes to Jesus. She's like, hey, Jesus, tell Mary that she needs to come in here and help me. And Jesus responds in Luke 10. He says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. He goes, hey look I I understand what you're doing what you're doing is great, but right now you have the opportunity to have a relationship. You have the opportunity to have a relationship with the Son of God. Mary has figured out, Martha you need to come in here too. See we we like to get so in control of the small things. I mean from everything that we're constantly wearing, like guys I'll just be honest with you and guys understand this more. We do this regularly. Girls you probably don't. If you wear the same shirt in the week, it's fine. It's fine. If, if things go wrong, like if, if an Instagram picture goes up with the wrong filter, just afterwards you can say, I meant to do that. You know, and everybody's like, oh, they're so nice. They actually show real life. Like, not really. But there's so many things that we like to take control of. And what's so funny, and I'm just preparing you guys for this, because it, it's funny, there's things that you want to control right now that you won't know you like to control until you get married. Very small things, very stupid things and you will fight over them. My wife, for example, does not have the ability to fill her entire gas tank up. Can't, literally five gallons at a time. Every time I get in the car, it's below a quarter tank. Every time. She literally, she's like, I don't have the time to fill it up. I'm like, why? She goes, I just, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. Putting gas in my car just doesn't matter that much. I'm like, yes, it does. And we've had arguments about this. I'm like, babe, it's bad if you keep the gas low. It messes with the filter and all that. She goes, but how? I've got, God forbid she goes to one of those and they don't have the ability to like put the lever in place. If she has to pump it, a gallon and we're gone. Then <laughs> on top of it, when she goes into my car, I don't, I don't get this. She turns all the vents away. Every single one. She will turn the air up and put them all away. So I will get in my car and I sweat a lot as it is and I'm burning up and I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, all my vents. They're turned to a person that's not there. And there's times where we will talk about these things and at some point, Chrissy, usually it's Chrissy, will go, why are we fighting about this? I'm like, because I'm right. Does it matter? No. Not at all. So should I care about controlling it? No. So does it matter is the first one. The second question is this. Is it mine to control? Because this is one of those questions that is very true that you find many times in the church world. Because yes, there is times where you should be doing something and there's times where you shouldn't. God's not about like just laziness. Like there's some people that are overly spiritual to be like, I'll just pray about it and it will happen. No, no, no. Go move. Like, go do something. If you don't know what God's calling you to do right now, continue to do things that open up options that you can help other people with. But I, I remember my friends, they, they got very over-spiritual, and I remember talking to them in college, and they said, I, I was like, hey, uh, have you scheduled your classes yet? And I, they said, no. I'm like, "What are you, what are you going for? They're like, I don't know. I'm going to sit in front of the computer and pray, and God's just going to tell me. I'm like, that's stupid. You're going to end up with, like, all agriculture classes or something. Like, I don't— like, that's just dumb and overly spiritual. Like, that that's not what we need to do. There are things that we should be going after, and at the same time, we should be praying for. If your job is awful, you have the ability to change it. If you're in a bad relationship, you can leave it. If your finances are awful, you can change that too. You don't have to ask God, God, do you think I should get out of debt? It's not like God's going to be like, no, debt's good. <laughs> you know what I found that's highly annoying there's no person calmer in traffic than the person in the passenger seat like annoyingly calm like we will be driving along i will get mad somebody will cut me off and i'm like come on and chrissy's like it doesn't matter i'm like they just cut me off it's a, she goes how we're not going to get there any sooner anyway i'm like. I'm like, if you were in this seat, you would care. She goes, no, Hal, I'm just more holy than you. I'm like, (laughs) which I do hear a lot. But, and it's true most of the time. But it's the truth. Traffic, can you control it? Nope. Can you control other people? No, you can't. Are there things in your life that you can control that you can take hold of and move forward with? Absolutely. Do we continue to pray and ask God and make sure we're checking in with him? Yes, we do the entire time. James 4, 13 and 14 says, this says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. This is kind of harsh. It says, how, you know, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. If you ever just want to feel like, if you're feeling really good about yourself, you're like, man, I really need to be put in check. Read James. He just said your life was like a morning fog. Like you're insignificant. <laughs> But here's the truth. The times where I am most frustrated in life is when I've decided where I'm going to be in 10 years and life isn't adding up. And and here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't make plans for your life. Please do. Please think about the future. Please think about where you're going to be. But don't put it in stone. Because when God changes it, he's going to move it. And when he's moving it, he's moving it to something better. He's moving it to something where you're gonna be used more. And so do we plan? Absolutely, we do plan, but we also leave it up to God. And that's really what the last question is. And the thing we have to ask ourselves is, is it for God alone? Because there's things in our lives where we have zero control over that we just need to get to God. There's times in our life where sickness comes into play, where situations, circumstances come into play. Where we can't control it, we can't do anything with it, and the only thing we can do is pray about it. And here's why, Philippians 4. says, "'Don't worry about anything and say pr- instead pray about everything. "'Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. "'Then you will experience God's peace, "'which exceeds anything we can understand. "'His peace will guard your hearts and minds "'as you live in Christ Jesus.'" What is it saying? What what do we truly crave in life? Why do we control so many times? We want peace. Because if we don't see somebody controlling it, we want to control it. And as long as we're controlling it, we know what's going to happen. But it's the moment that we actually give it to God that we have peace. Some of you right now are literally consumed by the things you're trying to control. You're consumed by the people you're trying to control. You're consumed with the circumstances. And what you need to do right now is you needed to give it to someone. Because here's the truth. Can you change or control anyone. You can't. You can't. Let me just tell you that. You can't. It's one of the hardest things you'll learn in marriage. If someone wants to change, it's up to them. If someone wants to do something different, it's up to them. And you pray to God that that will be a part of what they do. Can you heal your loved one? No, we can't. Can we control our future? No, we can't. We can pray. We can plan. We can get wise counsel and find encouragement. But we can't control it. And here's what happens many times. When we refuse to give that control to God, the thing we're trying to control becomes an idol. It becomes something that we're absolutely consumed with. And we care more about controlling it than releasing it to God. And here's the problem. When we create an idol out of something in our lives, we are worshipping we are worshipping the creator and not the we're worshipping the creation and not the creator. We tend to worship the blessing and not who blessed us with it. We tend to worship the person and not the person we should in in God. Because this is probably the, the, the sentence that no one will like, but is the most powerful and true thing in what I'm saying today. We don't always have the power to control, but we do always have the power to surrender. We don't always have the power to control, but we do always have the power to put it back in God's hands and here's what I want you to understand true surrender always ends in peace it always ends in peace and what does surrender look like it means that on a daily basis we surrender our fears maybe it's the fears of rejection that we have in our lives the fear of the unknown the fear of failures that we have it means that on a daily basis we take the details of our lives and we give it back to him and we allow him to be a part of those decisions. And daily we continue to do that. Because this isn't something that you just do in a prayer, and I think that's where we've gotten it wrong so many times, is we've prayed the prayer and gone, God, I want you to be in control of my life. And then we think we're good, and then the next day we go back to controlling things. This is something that we have to do daily and something that we have to put in his hands daily. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that you're a God that loves us this much, that you want to give us that peace. God, I pray today as... We go to groups today as we we think about these things. We think about the areas of our lives that we're trying to control that we just can't. God, I pray that we would hand those over to you. God, I pray we would start every day just giving you the things that don't even need to be in our hands right now. God, we thank you that you want to take them. We thank you that you want to use us in that. And we thank you that you have a better plan anyway. God, we thank you for all these things. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.